Hey guys, Tom Ulrich and Sean Quigley here from the podcast What's Going On Here. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And to get in touch with us, uh, just go to our Facebook page and leave a message or email us at what's going on here podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a Another episode of What's Going On Here. My name is Tom Lovrick, and with me, as usual, I have the incredibly poised, Oof. perfectly coiffed, uh, sensually garbed, uh, yet intimidatingly handsome Mr. Young Sean Quigley. How do you like that intro? <laughs> wow, that is that is something. I could. That is. I would like pay someone. To that be my personal intro, intro wherever from you when go. I walk in rooms <laughs> for auditions or meetings or interviews, they'll be like, "And next," and then you just walk in, right? And they're like, they look down the headshot and they look up and they're like, "That isn't the right," and they're like, "May I please introduce to you?" <laughs> and they're like, "What the fuck is what happening the fuck here?" Is happening here? <laughs> Dude, we should, for like a goofy <laughs> show, we should totally do that. I would totally do that. You probably get the role <laughs> like that. <laughs> I'll be like your personal town crier. And we just hear ye, hear sign ye. up to the auditions, and they're like, "The only way this is going to work is if you go in one slot before him." It's like, okay, so we're like, we can, we always have to go one slot before <laughs> right. each other for it to work. <laughs> like, you just use an audition slot just to purposely introduce the next person. <laughs> yes. Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce you <laughs> the one and only, the magnificent and barely tolerant Sean Quigley. I wonder if I could do that. I wonder if I could like pay off people at the equity building in a line to like just use their time to go into the room <laughs> and play recordings of me like acting or singing and use their two, three minutes. Just showing it to the casting director. Buffer me. The show anyway, like three either side, like three before, three after. And they're like, wow, this is one guy that really stuck out for some reason. <laughs> Pull out a recorder and hear you in the background kind of broken up. I can show you the world. <laughs> yeah. For Aladdin, wait, what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> that whole Andy Kaufman bit going on. There's something we have for that. That's that's inspired me. You or you could just pay people to be terrible. Sure. On purpose, just to make you look better. Yes. To pay all the people that are around you, the like the five before and How'd five after. How'd you like after. to make fifty bucks for this audition? Yeah, just just Bob, please Bob. <laughs> just be shit. <laughs> I think we might start a new trend now. That's great, especially if it's like cold reads. Yes. Just like exactly. go in, just be like be shit. Say every other word wrong. Do it all in pig Latin. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode. This is episode forty-three. For those of you that don't know, what we usually do is watch a TV show or movie of some type, and we watch the middle 20 minutes of it. If it's a foreign language TV show or movie, we turn off the subtitles, so we really have to guess what's going on. And at the same time, we um, review local eateries and local breweries whenever possible. Uh, today's TV show we're watching is actually a documentary. I think this is only the second documentary we've done. Yep. The first one being uh, about Rocco, his last year in porn, remember? Uh-huh. That was a fun one. Yeah. Um, this one is called Gringo, The Dangerous Life of John McAfee. And if you're wondering why that name sounds familiar, 
It's about John McAfee, who started the McAfee antivirus program. That that's the guy. Um, the eatery we are reviewing is Mirancho, Mexican food, so, which is kind of appropriate to the documentary. They didn't even think of it, connect that until now. Uh-huh. But Mirancho is actually there's two locations. One is on 59 Main Street in Hackensack, New Jersey, and this is where we got the food today from. And the other one is on Queen Anne Road in Teaneck, New Jersey. I don't know the exact address. I'll look that up later. But um, I had the chicken burrito, and you had the chimichanga and taco lunch combo, correct? Yes. Okay. And then last but not least, and in fact, some would say this is the star of the show, is our local brew. Yes? Uh-huh. And today we have, because it is the dog days of summer, and I just did a, a, a uh, fast play fest over the weekend where the main theme was the dog days of summer, so it kind of inspired me to pick a summer beer. And we have Victory Brewing's Summer Love Ale by the Victory Brewing Company from Downington, Pennsylvania. Hmm. I think we've done a Victory Brew before. Oh, definitely. We? I see it quite often. I'm, I can't remember what we had. Maybe a stout or something. I think I think it might have been a stout or something. I'll have yeah. to look that up too. So anyway, so this is a 5.2% ABV. And you know what? I've done some poor research before we started recording here. I'll have to look up the IBU as well. But this is Summer Love Ale. 5.2%. I will crack our first bottle open. A little sound inspiration uh-huh. for the listeners. And I will get my bottle open. Oh, okay. Well, cheers, my friend. Cheers. Let's taste this delightful summer-looking brew. Hmm. Oh. Okay. Hmm. Not what I expected. Hmm. It's interesting. Ah, that's what it is. Pine again. Pine again. <laughs> yes. More pine. More pine. <laughs> why is everyone putting pine in their beer? I, I don't know why, but but yeah, <laughs> lemon and pine. I was expecting this to be a lot more citrusy and a lot less hoppy. Yeah. Being a summer ale. No, it kind of tastes like it could be an IPA. Like. It, it does taste like an IPA, actually. And perhaps it is because it is an ale after all, but um, let's see. Enjoy the easy days of summer with this refreshing and aromatic golden ale. So it's a golden ale, not an IPA. Enticing, earthy, and citrusy hop aromas give way to flavors of lemon and pine. Right now, the one that's standing out, and maybe it'll change as we drink more, but right now what's standing out to me is the hops. Yeah. It's definitely, but I can, I, I can tell that, like the lemon, I can tell because my first thought was like, oh, it's hoppy, it's like an IPA. My second thought, there was like a, a lemony aftertaste. A citrusy, yeah. It's like, oh, it's actually, it reminds me of a shandy. It's kind of got a shandy feel yeah. to it. Yeah. It's got that lemon. I didn't know whether to pick one up. I didn't know how f- how much of a fan you are of the fruitier beers. Yeah, no, I'm a fan of You're... anything really. But... Okay, all right. Yeah. So next time, you know, since it is so hot and we've had just like such, for those who don't know in the Northeast, but I'm sure on the West Coast you guys know just as well because you guys are having killer heat. We've had just heat and humidity, so oh yeah, it's been just like ass crack in here for a while so it's like the amazon rainforest pretty yeah that's not far off the truth the actually. only thing that would be more unpleasant would be an amazon warehouse sure <laughs> why not are you picking on the richest man in the world from what i've heard no 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 the 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 the, the workers you read about that like no i didn't oh you read about that no oh, it's like it, they're like it's it's awful they're like the the 
people that work in the Amazon warehouses. And there's, I think there's one around here or somewhere. I don't know. But it's like, yeah, it's the new big bad. Like, you know, it used to be Walmart a few years ago. Right, right. This but now it's Amazon because yeah, it's getting is, so big and out of control. Oh, yeah. It, well, there's horror stories. People coming out with all these horror stories about employees working on the floor. Well, I... These pa- the packers, um, and it's like, you know, it's mad. They work like 12-hour shifts. They have like half-hour breaks. People are saying that it takes like... It takes like 11 minutes to get to the break room from the main floor. And nearly, and so people, they don't have spend, enough time. And they're they not spend like, two-thirds of their break yeah, just like traveling. Right. And they, don't, they can't ever sit down. And they have these impossible targets to meet that are purposefully... They said they compared it to slavery. Yeah, sure. In that there was these impossible daily targets. They were told other people were averaging out, you know, X amount of packages per hour. Yeah. But the people... No one had ever seen anyone ever get anywhere near it. Right. Like they would work so, so hard and yeah. still not meet the target. And, and just about kill themselves. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, um, I used to work for, I don't know if I should even say the name. I'll say the name. What the fuck? What are they going to do? <laughs> uh, I used to work for Hearts Mountain, the, the big pet supply company. And they, I used to work in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Like right off of Bloomfield Avenue, and not far from the Garden State Parkway, and they used to have these big old warehouses there. And these warehouses were built back, I, I don't know, maybe even eighteen nineties or something. These were old, old brick warehouses. Like the main building where I was, because I was working as an analytical chemist in the labs, that was a fairly new structure. But the 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 factory floor and whatever, they even had um, like a rail, like a train car would come to deliver. Raw materials, yeah, to to make the products and everything. And in the summertime, this is how cheap these motherfuckers were. In the summertime, they would not turn the air conditioning on in the factory floor unless the de- temperature outside was a hundred degrees. <laughs> Which you know, on average, meant they might turn it on once a year. Yeah, one fucking day a year. Because even though it's closer to Newark, and that's usually the hot spot of the state for those of you people that don't know in New Jersey, Newark is usually always the highest temperatures because it's kind of right in the bowl of a valley and whatever the air currents and, you know, the airport and whatever else, it's usually always hottest around there. And Bloomfield is not far from Newark Airport. And um, so, you know, we, when we have a really hot summer or a really strong heat wave, there'll be two, three days during the entire summer where it hits like 100, 101, 102. You know, sometimes every once in a blue moon, it's crazy and it'll hit 105, but still. But this isn't a nice, like, Las Vegas, New Mexico, 105, Mm. where the humidity is like 15%, and it's just hot and nothing else. This is 105, and then we're looking at, I don't know, 89, 90, 95% humidity, so you literally feel like you're stuck in someone's butt crack, right? <laughs> literally. For, I mean, yeah. I, I was just working with some guy who's from New Mexico, and, and it was like during one of the humid days, and I thought he was going to pass out. I was like, you okay? He's like, you know, I'm used to freaking heat, but this humidity. I'm like, well, yeah, well, yeah welcome to freaking New York Metro. This is what happens kind of stuff. And they wouldn't turn on their air conditioning until the temperature outside was 100 degrees. And let me tell you what they, they what the, what their biggest sales thing was was making uh, flea and tick collars for cats and dogs. Uh-huh. For those of you that don't know or don't have a cat or a dog, and you don't know what I'm talking about, these are basically plastic PVC collars yep. that we made. 
So this is plastic. You have to melt it to make it. Uh -huh. So there are all these machines with compressors and heaters uh -huh. and extruders and all these things that just fucking kick off heat. And you're in a warehouse that has not seen a cold day since fucking December. And they won't turn on the air conditioner. And people will... And it was just like... I guess OSHA came in and whoever... And was like, you have to do something to cool them off. You can't, you know, mm -hmm. do it. So what they did was they bought these... You probably see them if you go to a sports store. Uh, like at Dick's Sporting Goods or, or whatever. Models, whatever. Um, these, uh, like, like handkerchiefs almost. And they have like like one of those like little cooling gels in them, mm -hmm. and if you stick them in a the fridge, it cools this gel, and then you tie it around your fucking neck like a cravat or a fucking ascot, so you look like Freddy from the Mystery Machine walking <laughs> around with this fucking thing around your neck, and that's supposed to keep you nice and cool. Uh -huh. And it works for five minutes, yeah. because you know your body temperature is ninety eight degrees. You're walking into a hundred twenty degree room. There's only so long that this is gonna last. Yeah. And this was their solution. So <laughs> I, can, I can imagine, you know, at Hearts, in terms of, of, of pet supplies, they're, they're almost a monopoly. Yeah. There are, I mean, <clears throat> all, the, all the other that you see, all the other uh, pet collars that you see on the rack, I will tell you right now that, no, at least when I was there, now this is a long time ago, 95% of them Hearts made for those companies that were selling them. Uh-huh. I believe at the time back then it was only Hearts and one other company, and Hearts tried to buy the other company that made collars, and the government had to step in and said, "No, you can't. We can't have a monopoly." Yeah, and I'm just like, you have only two companies in the country that do it. That's hardly not a monopoly, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> so, but that's besides the point. So I can totally imagine, and I can totally know what they're doing because I used to go in there like out of the lab, like have to go get a sample or check something or take a. Air, oh, yeah. air, air, air quality sample or whatever yeah. and go out there and just be there 10 minutes you know and of course everybody's in, in, in like lab coats and you're wearing hair nets because you don't want you know human hair mixing with pet food and bird food and all this other shit and it's like it was just like and I remember sitting there just like turn on the fucking air conditioning mm -hmm. you know and people come to the offices and the offices we're air conditioned the air conditioner is running just fine you, you know it's a nice Bomby 70 degrees, 72 degrees in the offices and in the labs, but in the factory floor, it was easily 105, 106 degrees. Aye, aye. Like I said, they wouldn't turn it on. I call it sweatshop for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's like, so if you're wondering how, you know, why people form unions, etc., that's why. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. I, well, I'd say that before that story, I always thought of anytime you talked about working in a lab or when you worked in labs, I always imagined you in like Jurassic Park in that <laughs> setting, like with like incubating the eggs and being like, ah, oh, like, yes, it's a miracle. Look. Oh, it's beautiful. No. I know it was like that. And, but now, now I'm envisioning like uh, a Spider-Man sort of situation, like one of those labs that like an evil kind of like, uh, yes, Baddie is running, yes. and like you were forced to like yes. work. That's more to, like it. Complete that evil plan. <laughs> that's that's, that's <laughs> not far off the truth, yeah. actually. Because <laughs> one of the things we used to make is um, again, if you don't have a pet, you don't know off. You know, off by hearts. Yeah, no. It's basically a spray that you spray on like your couch or whatever, and so the cat or the dog doesn't go to pee on it. Oh, okay. And it, it stinks yeah. terribly now. 
It stings terribly to a dog. Oh. Uh, uh, because it's 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 fairly strong for a dog and yeah, or a yeah. cat. But then, of course, we have to make it with this this chemical called methyl nonyl ketone, MNK. Uh-huh. Ketones are terribly, terribly, terribly smelly. Yeah. Like the only thing smellier is if you get like a hydrogen sulfide solution that you got to work with. Uh-huh. And that just smells like if you took all the shits on the planet and just condensed them into one big shit, that's what this little bottle smells like. And you got to do it under the hood. If you if you even just kind of loosen the cap and you're not under the hood, people in the look, ah, everyone's like, who farted? You know, it's like, and I mean, like you barely opened the fucking thing. And these methylmonyl ketones, so bad. Like if, if you don't expect it, you will start dry heaving. Yeah. That's how bad it smells. It's like, oh my God, you know? So it's like, that's what you spray on to keep the dogs up. They have outdoor and indoor, so you can spray so a dog or a cat doesn't come and spray all over the place. Hmm. And yeah, so that's like evil plans and things like, yeah. 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 So, okay. Yeah, anyway, a little lesson on American corporate uh, ideals, folks. There you go. Uh, In case yeah. you were wondering. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so we have our beer. Which is kind of nice. I'm enjoying it. Like I said, not what I expected for a summer ale. No, no, it's. But, you know. I, I expected it to be a, a lighter, not lighter in terms of like drinkability, lighter in terms of flavor, actually. Like you yeah. said, I, I, <clears throat> I would treat this almost like an IPA as opposed to a summer ale. Pleasantly surprised, though. I think, yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's nice. It's a nice little. Uh, it, it is a very nice beer. Nice little it is a very nice beer, yes. Okay, beers there. Uh, food we talked about. You had the chimichanga and taco lunch combo. I had a chicken burrito. Mm-hmm. And now let's talk about Gringo, the dangerous life of John McAfee. Mm-hmm. Or as they were calling him in the show, McAfee. McAfee, yeah. McAfee. Yeah. So the show opens up. Uh, guy is talking. And this is obviously a Caribbean nation. The mm-hmm. first guy is talking. Older black gentleman... And uh, it's hilarious because they're subtitling his speech, but, but he's perfectly understandable. It's, yeah, it's, he's like, I can understand him better than most white Americans. <laughs> right. Like, he's perfectly understandable. You can, so I'm like, right off the bat, I know, okay, this isn't actually somewhere in the islands. Because I know the island speak is a lot more difficult to understand. So right away, I'm like, okay, this is Belize. Hmm. And especially because then they go from him, they go to another guy. His name is Juan something. And he was speaking Spanish. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's, that's the connection there. Belize, you know, uh, on, on the Yucatan Peninsula and, and English, former English colony. It has to be it. And later on, they confirm it. This is Belize. So now we have a geographical location. So the first guy says, like, yeah, man. And then he came after him. And I'm like, what? What's going on? And then they go. It's kind of like those... Um, a friend of mine calls him... Uh, uh, Will, William, if you're listening to this, this, this goes out to you, Will Ryder. Uh, he's also an actor. He's been on these, as he likes to call them, murder porn shows. Oh, yeah. You know, these like Discovery Net ID network and whatever, where they just like recreate all these murders that happen all the time. Uh-huh. This is kind of done in the same way. They go next to a guy who's completely shaded. His voice is disguised. And he talks about how he was the driver of some truck. And they busted into some guy's house. And he sees them, and he drops everything, and he runs. And he starts running from house to house, and he's jumping over fences, and he's yelling for help. 
and nobody's coming out. And at first, I'm just like, oh, is this like, are they chasing down McAfee? This is like, this is some shit. It's like, why haven't we heard about this kind of stuff? And they say he kept on running from house to house, but he didn't run into the village. Instead, he ran off into the bush. And he said, that's when he was fucked, yeah. which was very funny. The guy, the guy doing interview, that was very funny. A woman's interviewing him. And he says, and then he ran into the bush and he was fucked. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this has got a bit deliverance all of a sudden. When he first said that, I thought he was like, he went to the bush and did this when you go fucked. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh. oh. Right, so I'm like, uh-oh. Was this like a prison scene? What's happening? <laughs> Not sure what's going on yet. So then he says, they catch up to the guy and he says, oh, then they, then they work him over, torture him on the face. I'm like, Torture him on the face? What? And I'm just like, I, I'm getting all sorts of pictures now. He's fucked. He's in the bush, torturing on the face. What's happening? I don't want to kind of picture this, but it's starting to turn into an episode of Oz. Because yeah. it's like, uh-oh, what's happening? And then he says, they pulled out the steak knives and started carving them up. And like, whoa, what? Yeah. And um, he says, they're cutting, off, cutting up the guy all over the place, all over his face, all over his body. They rip his shirt off. They pull his pants down. And then he says... They pull out a taser. Not one taser. Apparently, all the guys that were chasing him down have a taser. He says, we all had tasers. I was the driver and I had a taser. And I'm like, wait a minute. What? What's your taser? Why does everyone have a taser? It's like, isn't this like the Caribbean? You're all supposed to be relaxed? What the hell? So anyway, so he says, (laughs) this is where the humor, I mean, this is obviously something very horrible happening, but... The humorous part goes, it's like, so we all taser him, you know, we taser his body and we taser his face and in his ear and in his eyes and we taser his <laughs> private <horrible>. parts. <laughs> like, wait a minute, you just said fucked. You can go ahead and say, <laughs> we taser his like dick and, and, and balls. I mean, at this point, <laughs> it was like, but like all of a sudden he got, he got demure. He was like, and we tasered his Private parts. Private parts. <laughs> it, made me, it made me imagine that moment, this poor guy is like, you know, close to death, like, ah, and all of a sudden, one one of them just being like, oh, okay, now we're going to do his private parts, and them all just looking away, turning away, and just, <laughs> just blindly, blindly, <laughs> blindly poking towards his groin area, like, pin the tail on the donkey. Oh, we should be laughing. We should pin be the tail on that horribly mutilated man. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get his private parts? No, I think I got his kneecap. You got to always get the kneecap. I I don't want to look at his pieces. (laughs) Man, we're going to call you kneecap Harry. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This is awful. We're laughing. It was terrible because apparently then they bring the guy. Tragedy plus time equals comedy. comedy. This is true. This is true. (laughs) So anyway, so they tortured, I guess, the bejesus out of this poor guy, whoever this guy is. Um, I think we find out later his name was like David. Yes. I think it was David something. David and it was something very like Scottish sounding. It was like it was called like David like what's that Scottish? It typically like Caribbean British. It was like yes. David Williamson. Or David something like Williamson. That. Yes, that's right. It was like or Earl Thomas. Yeah, <laughs> it's very it, right. It was a very Caribbean West Indian name, very English sounding. Yes. Um, I like my old buddy, an old, old Jamaican gentleman I used to work with, Wilbert Hemans, <laughs> which he was, I loved Wilbert. Bert, yeah. We all just called him Bert. He was great. Anyway, um, so they pick him up and apparently McAfee says he wants to talk to the guy. And the first guy who was talking about it says, I don't think that's a good idea. He says, I just want to talk to him. 
So they bring him to the car, apparently. And McAfee, I guess, tells him some stuff. They drive the guy into town. And they kick him out the truck. And drop him. And he screams for help. And people run over and see him. And he's basically been literally tortured. Yeah. They pick him up. They throw him in another truck. And they take him to the hospital. And then he was in the hospital. And they show in the documentary. They show the news talking about him <laughs> in the hospital. And the first news bit. It's... It's funny because it's obviously this is a place where there's not a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. And the news is a woman. The background was like a travel agency poster of like the Belize coast or something like that. Yeah. And she's in front of it. And the camera is zoomed in so that there's literally maybe eight to ten inches on either side of her face. Zoomed uh-huh. not there. And you could tell because this is just like a poster board behind her. She's literally sitting up against it. Yeah. So this could literally have been shot in a closet in someone's house. We wouldn't know. Yeah. But, you know, this was like the quality of the production. And the woman, very good looking woman. She's doing the news. She's very serious. You know, she's a journalist. She's doing her stuff. And she's talking about the guy, how he got uh, David, whatever, Williamson or something like that. Got admitted to a hospital and then he went to a coma. Because they... Again, tortured the shit out of the poor guy. And then they showed like two other news reports and and, uh, he died. Yeah. And uh, the first guy who was speaking when we first started watching, he was like, ah, shit, man. You know, kind of like, we just wanted to kind of rough him up a little. (laughs) You know, it was kind of like that. It was like, we were just looking to rough him up a little bit. We didn't want to kill him. Yeah, maybe the bit where you all got your tasers out. (laughs) That was where it went a little too A little south, yeah. Especially when you're tasering his nuts and balls. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you're tasering him in the mouth. That was, I mean... That was the that was the weirdest part. I was like, taser him in the mouth. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. It was brutal. Is what yeah. it was. Yeah, it was yeah, completely yeah. brutal. And you find out that like this was um, McAfee talking about this. And then they show another guy. And what was his name? Something McCoy, McKay. No McKay. Something McKay. Like Izzy McKay or something like that. Who was this guy? David's brother. Oh yeah. And apparently. He was good friends with this guy, David Williamson. And David Williamson's, the family tried to look into what happened and why David died. And apparently they got threatening phone calls basically saying, you drop it or you leave the country. Yeah. Kind of stuff. Which is, you know, if you've never been outside of a Western European or American or Canadian country, especially in small places, but you know what? And uh, let me call bullshit on that. Because that happens a shit ton in the U.S. of A. as well. Especially when you go to little places, little towns in the middle of fucking nowhere. Everybody's, uh, uh, everybody's, uh, has their own little duchy and and, and little own kingdom, queendom, whatever. And they just fucking do things the way they want to do it. Because nobody on the outside knows about it. And it surprises me. You don't... Because you don't see it, you don't hear about it as much. And obviously that with organized crime, which is still a thing, you know, it's not as open as it was. Right. But I remember that, 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 that strikes me when you say about that, about small places. I remember once when I, this was probably about five, six, seven years ago now, in, in London, we right. were driving on the M25, which is one of the biggest main roads in, in England. It's, uh-huh. a, it's the big um, North, London, North London South Orbital. Or? It's London Orbital. Oh, okay. It, it's yeah, a yeah. big circular highway that goes all the way around London. and you like, can the get, belt, like the Beltway in D.C.? Yeah, and okay. you can get in at all different points. Right. Um, 
and we were driving on the M25, and it's like the main highway you'd go to get to like the to Heathrow Airport, right, and, right, right, and right, a right. bunch of other places, right. And we came up there, and it, like a lot of highways here, that every now and again there's bridges over the uh, you know over the highway. There's like a bridge that is another road, right, that's going over the top, right. And there was one bridge, and uh, there was this. We could sit from a distance. I was like, "What is that?" And it was like there was like a tarp. It was like a, a cloth kind of uh, mm-hmm. like a massive version of like a bed sheet, a big white cloth sheet that was hanging that would been like tied to this bridge. It was hanging over the M25. It was chock a block with like traffic. Right, thousands of cars would go past that in a day, and it had someone's name yeah. and address, uh-huh. and it said blah 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 is a police informant. <laughs> it's his full name and address. Some uh, Western boys. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was like, oh fuck! <laughs> I remember thinking like that is for something so simple. Yeah, that is one of the scariest things I've seen. Yeah, yeah. Because all of a sudden that is like everybody a, fucking knew. Crap. Yeah. Like that's all you need to do in order for someone to get knocked get, off. Yeah. Because he just might be a fucking accountant somewhere, yeah. minding his own business, and because some other guy wants to stoop his wife, you know. <laughs> and everyone goes on M25, like, that is, so that's one of those, those like, crap, like, right. that is a, that's like a psycho way to, like, mess sure. with somebody. Because all you need is a couple of lads that are into some shady shit, and they're in a pub in this person's neighborhood, yeah. and they're like, right, fuck that rat. <laughs> Let, oh, let's go let's go over there yeah you know, like do, do some work on this lad huh? exactly you know? yeah i was like wow that's whoo yeah so yeah so i guess you need to get stuff like that um but yeah but more to your point like you were saying those small you know in the smaller places yes i mean because oh. everyone like i said everybody likes to point out like the third world countries you know the, the developing countries like oh everything's so crooked and that's what i'm saying like i call bullshit because any country, and it doesn't even have to be a very big country. You yeah. get to a small enough place, somebody is ruling something, yeah, either by committee or through an iron fist, and shit just disappears and nobody talks about it. Oh, you, you, I mean, every now and again, you still get like lynchings in the south, yeah, like seemingly out of nowhere, yeah. Just when you think like that sort of stuff is history, right? Sure, sure. sure. You'll be like some random person was pulled sure. off the street, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, <laughs> I mean, let's face it, you, you, uh, uh, whenever they have these mysteries, and that's why they make such great movies when they make something like that, or either if it's an original script or based off of something, kind of like uh, Three Billboards in, in uh, what is it, Ebbing, Missouri, whatever the yeah. movie was, um, you know, somebody will come in and, and be like, okay, I'm here to investigate a murder. What murder? So we found a body like 20 miles from here. Ha, oh, we all thought she went on vacation. You know, a town yeah. of 200 people. What? You'll what vacation? You know, she makes uh-huh. five bucks an hour at the fucking local grocery store. What vacation was she gonna afford? Kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. So that that's why I'm correcting myself and saying it's not just the little countries and the developing world. Mm. I'm calling bullshit on myself because you see it in different places. Oh, well, that's the scary thing. You, got, you, you any state, let alone let alone state, but city or yeah. town, like. If you go there and you look at all the missing persons reports, yeah, the amount of missing people there are in America in every state, yeah. and you've got to consider like it's you, there's a sensible percentage of those missing persons that are just being straight up people who have been killed. Yeah, of course. And but again, because you don't see it, and it's not on the news. Exactly. You don't think about it. Yeah. 
And, and the police want you to... They want it that way. Of they don't want you terrified that this is just going to maybe happen to you. But sure. Like, well, I mean, it, it brings to, to mind the whole, you know, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Listen to all these cases of pedophilia and, and kidnapping and sex slave trafficking and blah, blah, blah. This is nothing new. No. This is just the age of the internet and you hear about a lot more of it now than you ever did before. Yeah. Because, I mean... Jesus, I mean, in, in 1997, uh, my wife and I went, drove down to Florida. Uh, her aunt had bought a house. We, she told us, if you can fill up your car with as much stuff as you can fill up, stay in my house for two weeks before I move down there. We were like, perfect. You know, we were young, didn't have money. Let's go. We stayed there for two weeks. Still one of the best vacations I've ever had. Yeah. Once we got basically outside of the D.C. area going down 95, there was nothing on the radio except for... Crop reports, religious uh, uh, programming, or country music. Yeah. Nothing. And, you know, this was kind of the nascent days of the internet. And there was nothing, you know, there was no, you know, once you got to a, you know, once you got through like a, a, a quote unquote metro area, you got within the range of a radio or something, you would hear, you know, um, I don't know, maybe Myr Myrtle Beach, you know, drive through Jacksonville, you get their radio station. You know, now some towns that have a little more commerce, a little more money or whatever. But when you're like on those stretches, you know, the Carolinas, each Carolina, if you, you've never d done it, when you go down the highway, and I know for West Coast people, this doesn't sound like a big deal, but each Carolina is like a three, four hour drive to get through, if yeah. not more. Yeah. You know, so yeah, something like that. I think three to four hours to get through. So you're driving for three hours. In what's ostensibly the most populated area uh, of the country, because it's the eastern seaboard kind of stuff, uh -huh. and there's nothing to hear and nothing to talk about. But, and that's only 20 years ago. So, you know, now all of a sudden, like all this info, all this info overload, and especially when, every, like with the smartphones coming out, and you can just have your phone in your pocket and talk to, you know, somebody in freaking Wellington, New Zealand. Like oh, yeah. a FaceTime them on your phone, you know. So all of a sudden you're hearing about all these things. It's not like these things weren't happening before. Mm. There's two things that happened. Once, the po one, the population increased. Because since I came to the States in 1985, the population went from like 250 million to 330. So you're talking in 33 years, the population went up by 33%, which yeah. is nuts when you think about it. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, so population increased and two, communication has has. Not quite saturated, but we're getting there. Mm. I mean, there are still places where you could go, you know, out in Montana, and I'm sure if you go north into Canada, Saskatchewan, and whatever, Edmonton, Alberta, or even down into Mexico, where you're going to go, and there's just no communication. Because yeah. there's nothing there. Yeah. There's, you know, either desert or, or, or woods or mountains or whatever it is, and you're not going to hear it. Who knows how much shit happens out there? Oh, yeah. Like you said, organized crime. Where are we going to dump the body? Well, let's not dump it here next to the neighbor's house. Yeah. Let's... Let's get, like, Jimmy the Schmuck to drive it 12 hours, you know, and, and, and dump it off literally in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Hey, there you go. It's like, oh, we found a decomposed body. We can't even recognize the teeth at this point. Yeah, because you found it about 20 years too late. That, yeah, and you t I was listening to a podcast the other day. It was actually it was a comedian talk. I've forgotten his name. It was a comedian talking about his father passed away uh, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. and he died. He actually froze to death. Oh. Hypothermia. He was, but he says as sad as he was about it, and obviously it was a terrible thing. Right. He, what happened is he, uh, I, think, I can't remember if he got divorced or he retired or 
something about him being then isolated. He went off to live on his own in like this like log cabin out in the woods. Uh-huh. And like he loved that. He loved hiking, he loved right. being on his own, he loved nature. And he always was jokingly saying, because he said when his dad moved there, he was like, oh, you know what's going to happen now? It's like, you're going to trip over and fall and I'm going to have to come and save you in the wilderness. And he was like, well, if I have to go anywhere, I want to go that way. Right, right, right. right. So in the end, he kind of like ended up That's how he went. What happened is he decided he was going to go for a big hike because it was coming up to winter. It was like the last day before officially winter Uh and it was due to snow and rain the next day. Right. And he felt, well, this is my last chance to get a good big hike in. Went... Who knows what happened? Got lost, got caught, in a got, got caught something, and they didn't find his body for six months Jesus. because it snowed. Yeah, he was just yeah. out in the woods. Yeah, out in the woods, and it snowed. It snowed, and they didn't find it until that melted. Yeah, and then when they did, it was just bones. Yeah, there was yeah, nothing there. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, especially yeah. because I mean, and and that's the thing. I think that's the thing that a lot of, and you probably know it a little better now, been, been in the country for a while. That's the thing that a lot of Europeans don't appreciate about the Americas, like North America. So now including, you know, Mexico, uh, uh, Canada, as well as the U.S. has more wilderness than Africa. Yeah. Most people don't think about that, but North America has more wilderness than Africa. And when you think wilderness, you think, oh, Africa, safaris, lions, giraffes, elephants, rhinos, gorillas, you know, that's what you think. But in the U.S., it's like, Wolves and coyotes and mountain lions and bears, lots of fucking bears, you know, and deer and all sorts of, and you're in the middle of nowhere. And the one that uh, uh, made me laugh because like it made me think about it years ago, I was watching an episode of Top Gear uh-huh. and, and uh, uh, what's his face, the tall one, Jeremy? Jeremy Clarkson. Yes, Jeremy Clarkson. Uh, he was talking about um, the Ford F-150 and how it's just basically this, this marvel of modern marketing because it sold, sold over a million units. And it was like, he was like, for what? And he got into a Ford F-150 Lightning. And, you know, he's, of course, anything American was crap on the show. You know, he's like, the dashboard is shit. This is shit. This is shit. This is shit. But the engine has more horsepower. And then he lists one of the Porsches. Yeah. And it goes from zero to 60 in, you know, like four and a half seconds for a pickup truck. And he says, but how come pickup trucks never picked up in Europe? Like, why, why didn't they never sell? And he says, well... When you go to the countryside in England, you go for tea and crumpets. <laughs> this is when you go to the countryside in America, a bear eats your face. <laughs> and I mean, I thought it was hilarious, but he was right on point. It's like, yeah, because we don't, we don't have to go far. We just have to go to Ringwood Forest and walk through the woods, and we might step on a rattlesnake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or but encounter a black my sister-in-law, bear. My sister-in-law uh, uh, took a picture. We got a text. Uh, last week, okay. just found a rattlesnake. Yeah, it was a like a bleeding, like a diamondback uh, yeah. thing. Yeah, the rattlesnake. A diamondback. In, yeah, it's that's literally, what it's called. Yeah, <laughs> in, in Ringwood. Up in in Ringwood. Ringwood. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, what? Yeah. I mean, every every like other summer or so, like some kids some kids are hiking from Rutgers somewhere like nearby here, and a black bear. Like it was just a couple of years ago, a, a black bear chased one kid down and killed him and like chewed him up. <laughs> like literally in the most populated state in the country. Yeah. Like New Jersey, every county in New Jersey is considered a metropolitan county because it's that densely populated. Yeah. Which is mind-boggling because if you drive down in South Jersey, there'll be nothing but farms. Yeah. And you're like, really? There's, where are the people? <laughs> like, where are they? But, you know, there's just enough to, like with the little towns or whatever. It just, And we still get that kind of wildlife here. Yeah. 
I mean, I get I, I get the smaller critters here, but I get them. We've I've seen coyotes right here nearby, um, foxes, raccoons, you know, possums, skunks, rabbits, gophers. Yeah, name big birds, birds of prey, uh, uh, red-tailed hawks, bald-headed eagles. And you're just like, what, what? In suburb, like in the suburbs of New York City? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And I know, like, when people who are like uh, uh, my wife's aunt comes from like Denmark, and she's like, "What is you know?" It's like, yeah, because you don't see that; you you take it for granted. Uh-huh. Because unless you're somewhere kind of deserted in Europe, you don't see it. Because the European centers are really densely populated, and really there's no room for quote unquote wildlife. Yeah, no, but, it's true. But in the but in the U.S., it's very like I said, people take it for granted. It's like there's so much of it, and we've had so many like. You know, like you look at England, and England, we don't have any deadly wildlife in England like that. And it's because we freaking killed it all. Mm. <laughs> killed it. We're in Ireland. Yeah. We, people have been living there for 2,000 years. Of five. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Pre-Jesus, we don't count. I mean, that doesn't <laughs> count. Heathens don't that, count. <laughs> that doesn't count, man. I mean, the world's only existed for, like, what? 3,000 years anyway? This is true. Um, <laughs> but you probably rode dinosaurs back then, so <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we, we you know, there's it's been there's been enough uh, civilization in the British Isles that we just killed everything. Yeah, so that's why there's nothing there. Sure, sure. But here, like you know, it, it went long enough with people just not messing with shit yeah. <laughs> that the stuff is all still here. Well, you know? there was an interesting theory. Uh, a friend of mine brought it up, and um, he, well, he didn't come up with the theory, but he he read that the theory is. That one of the reasons why the natives never overpopulated the Americas is because of the bad weather. Uh. Because North America, particularly the U.S., yeah. only has two real mountain chains, right? It's uh-huh. the Rocky Mountains, and they go north to south. And on the East Coast, it's the Appalachians, and they go north to south. There are no mountain chains that go east-west. Uh-huh. So there's nothing to break up the weather. Yeah. So when a big windstorm or a big blizzard comes or a tornado, and this is why tornadoes until climate change started happening were like exclusive to the U.S. really. Yeah, now I'm not counting, you know, uh, 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 typhoons and stuff like that in, in the water, but like land, on land tornadoes were exclusive to the U.S. because there's no big earthen body to break it up. Yeah. And because of that, the weather was so unpredictable, the natives were just like, yeah, okay, we've tried putting up tents here like four times, and they got blown to shit every season we're here, so we're just going to keep moving. Yeah. And that's why you never... And unlike where you go like to the Pueblos, or now you get down into Yucatan like with the Aztecs and the Mayans, where the weather was relatively uh, uh, um, predictable compared to in North America, and that's why you don't really see any settlements in North America. Uh-huh. You know, you see like up towards Alaska along the, you know, uh, British Columbia coast and that kind of stuff, northwest. But you you never saw any big settlements anywhere else because the weather, you know, if the hurricane didn't get you, you know, the snow didn't get you, the earthquake didn't get you, the tor- tornado didn't get you, <laughs> or the drought didn't get you, you know, the heat didn't yeah. kill you. It's just, Yeah. And like I said, and Europe's got all the change, you know, you got the Pyrenees, you got the Alps, you got the Italian Alps, the French Alps, the Austrian Alps, you know, there's all these mountain ranges crisscrossing everywhere and the weather just break, you know, you'll get a storm and then the weather breaks up. Yeah. But in the U.S. there was no such thing. And so. No, it makes sense. Yeah. 
So anyway, back to now that we've done this like socio-political, I, I feel so <laughs> I feel so smart right now by talking shit. And I'm sure somebody's probably listening right now. You're gonna listen and go like, these guys don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> Mansplaining. Mansplaining, right. So um we stop oh yeah, that's right. So we David, who got killed tragically after being tortured. His friend, uh, I think, Izzy McKay, and they call him Mac-10. Mm. And he always got Mac-10s. And now, supposedly, McAfee is terrified that Izzy's coming to kill him. And he said, Izzy was a bad guy because his brother was a major in the military, and that's the reason he never went to jail. And Izzy was like, you know, he, I knew he was coming for me because I knew he killed my friend David, so I know if I see him first, I'm going to take him out first. And supposedly they had a chat. And they were going to meet at his house, and uh, Izzy was going to come strapped with guns. And uh, then McAfee said, no, let's meet in San Pedro. We're going to talk there in public. And they talked, and, he, and Izzy said, I heard you're coming for me. And McAfee said, no, I heard you were coming for me. He said, no, well, what do we do now? Well, let's just be friends. And it was kind of like, okay, and that, all right. So it was all this, like, tension about this, like, basically tur- torture and murder of the guy. Yeah, but I'm like, wait, you were his friend, and you just got now all of a sudden you're like, okay, let's be pals. Like, wait, what? As much as it, the drama was building, I feel like what it sounds like, very much what happened is uh, McAfee probably said to one guy or whatever, a couple of guys who worked for him, probably in security or something, right? Probably said like, hey, there's this one guy, he's a problem for whatever reason, like, oh, right. he's been doing this, he's doing that, or something. Can you like just scare him off, like tell him leave me alone, like just mess with him a bit? Right. I'm sure that's what happened. Mob mentality. Right. Of and course. they just like went nuts. And and like I said, if he hadn't have run into that bush, right. he stayed in the streets. I'm yep. sure they would have just beat him up and left him alone. Probably but because they were alone and they were secluded, and you know they get that feeling of just one upmanship. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. And they've all got tears us, and yeah. then like you know, <laughs> then before you know it, you know. Yes. Yeah. I'm, th- I'm sure it just got out of hand. Like I'm sure he did not order that. Right, exactly. It doesn't seem very likely that he would bother. He had no reason to, from the sounds of it. It was just like one of these things that this is often the undoing of organized crime is the whole reason it works is the organization element. Right. The second you have someone who goes off maverick off the style, rails, yeah, and yeah starts yeah, doing yeah. crazy shit, right. that's when you get caught. Exactly. That's when stuff gets sloppy. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that part of the documentary seems to be over. Yeah. So then it goes. Um, one of his friends, who is obviously uh, of Latina origin in Belize, he's speaking Spanish, and so they're translating for him, Juan. But he can speak English too, but for whatever reason, I didn't understand, he would switch between, like in the beginning when we were watching, he was speaking Spanish, and then he switched to English later. And I was just like, okay. So, maybe he's trying to make a point, whatever. Yeah. So apparently, McAfee befriended Juan, and Juan brought him to his pub that he has. And apparently, McAfee walked in, <laughs> And said, wow, this is really awesome. You, do you get good-looking girls here to come here? And he says, yeah, lots of good-looking <laughs> girls come here. He specifically said that it was beautiful. It was, you're right. It was, it it was, was like, beautiful. It, it was beautiful. So first of all, it's, <laughs> it's basically exactly what you would picture a small-town Caribbean building to look like. Yeah. It looks like it's a, a, a concrete with the windows and the shutters because, of course, it's, it's prone to hurricanes. You, know, you, you, you don't want to make a house out of wood. In the yeah. Caribbean. It just doesn't make any sense. Or around the Gulf of Mexico for that matter. Yeah. So, um, you, we walk in, and this is ostensibly a couple of years afterwards that McAfee <laughs> was there. 
and possibly pumping in money into this place. Yeah. And basically, the camera comes in, and it's this dingy fucking place. It looks like someone's basement. It looks like someone's basement. Because you can see the drywall in the back is still spackled and it hasn't been painted. And there's people kind of like passed out around the bar. It's the middle of the day. And I guess, you know, it's Caribbean. So, hey, Monday fun day. I guess what? I'm not sure. But (laughs) I'm like, I kind of was expecting, he says, this is awesome. I literally expected like, because you'll see that sometimes in these places. Some guy gets some money or he's uh, handy enough. And he really liked something. And I was kind of half expecting like an Irish pub when yeah. he walked in. You know, everything in, in exotic like Caribbean woods, you know, and just like warm and gorgeous and everything. And it was just like you said, it was like a fucking unfinished basement yeah. <laughs> with that kids would have like in a frat house. I mean, that's what it looked like. <sighs> okay. So then it says like, oh, I have a girlfriend. And they show this woman. And bless her heart, she's a little bit cockeyed, you know. <laughs> And she's talking like, yeah, and you know, I was there and um, he asked me to be his girlfriend and he said he'd pay me 900 bucks. No, he said he'd pay me 900 a day. And we're like, and Sean is like, 900? He was like, no offense to the woman, I think yeah. she's really lovely. But 900? Because she said, oh, I needed money because I had my little girl and I, I, I didn't have a job. So I decided to do this. And the, the woman interviewing says like, well... Didn't you feel weird by it? She said, the first time I took the money program for the day, I was like, yeah, sure. But after that, I got used to it. And I was like, fine. I was like, wow, okay. So she was kind of okay with it, whatever. So, of course, we're thinking prostitution at this point. Yeah. And he says, and Michelle says, Nine, she's already got a kid. She's 900. What? <laughs> you know? And, I mean, I don't want to be, I don't want to be like body shaming or anything. But she wouldn't have won a beauty contest. I mean, she wasn't Rihanna. No, but if we're talking Caribbean like no. beauties. No, 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 no. Like I said, she was cockeyed. She was a little bit dumpy. She was a little bit heavy. You no, know, like t- she seemed like a really nice woman. She looked honestly. What she looked like to me. There is me and my wife are currently watching a show on Netflix. Okay, uh, it's only a couple of episodes, and it's about this guy who goes into different tribes in uh, <laughs> in like remote places and tries to like. And there's this one guy, this, it's in like the Amazon, the Amazon rainforest. Okay. And there's one tribe and then one around, and there's this one guy, this young guy who's part of the tribe, and my wife is convinced he has Down syndrome. Okay. And I keep telling her, he does not have Down syndrome. <laughs> he just looks like that, I think. <laughs> I think it's the inbreeding. <laughs> well, like, yeah, no, he looks like he has Down tribe, syndrome. Yeah. I'm like, no, like he's hunting in the wild, he's doing all this stuff, like... I know, you know, different well, circumstances. He, he, he might be high functioning. You never know. Maybe. I don't think. But anyway, my point is, she kind of looked like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. So, he's paying 900 And she was like, $900? And I was like, wait, 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 wait a minute. For all we know, he's paying her 900 nacho chips. Because yeah. <laughs> she just said 900 We didn't hear any currency value. Is it the local Belize? And I don't know. Do they have a dollar? I don't know what the Belize currency is. Might be a pound still. Is it maybe a, pound, a Belize pound? Maybe. But anyway. So supposedly he's paying her 900 a day to spend a day with him. So now, all of a sudden the documentary takes a turn. To us at least. Because now it's almost like a sketch. Like, like, like someone did. Wrote a, a comedy sketch. And decided to film it. And they interview his masseuse. And she's saying like, oh yeah, he really liked the girls. He, he loves the girls. And this is a woman who's his masseuse. 
and and um, he has a mold in his house. And then there's an interview with McAfee, and he says, "Well, I have a lifestyle that I like that most people won't think is the norm, but I like having young girls around that are scantily clad. I enjoy their company, and a lot of people will think this is weird. But none of these girls are underage; they're well above the age of consent. You know, blah." He's carrying on like that. He says, I have a teenage daughter, so I'm not trying to do... I'm just, like, spending time with young women and having a good time, kind of. And he's very reasonable in the interview coming off of it. And, you know, like, to, to a degree, I'm kind of like, well, okay, yeah, I'm not going to judge you. If this is what you want, you've got tons of money. And, and, yeah, and it seems nothing new to, like, a millionaire single playboy type. Right, you know? exactly. And, right, you've got the money, as long as no one's being forced to doing anything... And the girls are being compensated for whatever reason, or for whatever they need. Okay, you guys are all happy. I'm fine with it. I have, yeah. I have zero, I have zero issues with it. So they go for the first girl, then they go to his next girl, and she was with them. And you see a bunch of photographs with her. Um, something happened, like she got in trouble with her parents, and they kicked her out on the street. But she kind of had to finish school. So by hanging out with him, uh, um, she had money for school. And he treated her really nice, so she liked hanging out with him. And then there was a third girl, and the same story, and he treated her really nice. And then there was a fourth girl, and same story, he treated her... And it was like five girls, and all five girls lived in a house. And apparently he came down with the golden rule. He was basically living sister, life, sister wives uh, uh, in, in the Caribbean. <laughs> and he was basically saying, he said to them all, you can all be here under one roof. I don't want to hear any fighting. I don't want to hear any, any, any uh, problems. I will treat you all the same. I enjoy your company all the same. But if you guys want to stay here, that's the rule. No fighting, no nothing. And then it goes, who do you think is your favorite? And it literally goes from, from girl to girl, like almost, almost Benny Hill style. Yeah. And, and the first girl says, like, oh, I was definitely his favorite. I, I, he, he spent all his time with me. Then it go to the it next like girl. Sounds like a cult. It sounds like one of these documentaries of when they're people that came out of a cult. <laughs> Almost right. So then it goes to the second girl. She says, "Oh, I would say from the way he behaves around me and all the time he spends with me, I'm his favorite." Then it goes to the third girl. She's like, "Well, she spends all his free time with me, <laughs> so I'm his favorite." And it's literally each one. And it was almost like a game show. It's like, which one does he spend all his time with? Is it number one? Number two? No. It's just kind of like all of them were convinced. That they were his favorite, and that he spent yeah. all because they were the like, free time logic doesn't make the sense. Free time because it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! This guy doesn't have a job. He created antivirus software. He lives in Belize. He does whatever. So free time. So when you say free time, what's the other time? Time he's spending with the other girls. <laughs> right. So when he's not spending time with the other girls, he spends that free time with you. <laughs> like, Did this connect anywhere? Did yeah. This At this point, we're laughing hysterically because it's just yeah. it's. If they tried to write a comedy sketch, it wouldn't have come out better. It literally wouldn't have. Yeah. Okay. Um, then, so we get we get through the, like the girls and all that stuff. Then it goes to. They start talking about. Was it the raid on the house? Was after that when it went through like all the girls? I think. Maybe I, I, don't, I think, don't remember. Anyway, so so they're talking a little more. Uh, um, Oh, no, in between they were doing interviews, and they were showed snippets of interviews with McAfee. Yeah. And McAfee is in each, it's like in each consecutive, in each consecutive interview, 
He's the prototypical, I'm a guy in my 60s that's got more money than fucking cents. Uh-huh. And so I'm just doing shit with my money because fuck it, I got it, you know. Yeah. Because he probably sold the company and probably still gets all the royalties because his name's attached to the bloody software. Yeah. You know, so he's probably just sitting there just collecting freaking royalty checks every month. Who knows, you know, $10 million or whatever it is, you know. Uh-huh. Probably not that much, but I'm sure even if it's like $100,000 a month, it's still a lot of fucking money, right? So, uh, uh, in every consecutive interview, he has different colored hair. In one interview, he has hair like, like a cheetah with like, just like blonde highlights done like in a pattern almost to look like his head is like a cheetah. Then in the next interview, his hair is off. Mind my, my, like I said, he's easily in his, I, I don't know what his age is. But he's easily in his 60s. Yeah, he's in his 60s. Easily in his 60s. Now, he's a slim guy. He's a fit guy. He's not like fat and slobbery or whatever. Yeah. So, he's often... And he's in Belize. He's without a shirt on. He's with shorts on. Whatever. But then, like, in another shot, he seems to have, like, his regular hair. Then in another shot, his hair is, like, dyed black. But you see, like, the roots of all the gray. So, it almost looks like he's got a bad toupee on. If, if you yeah. know what I'm talking about. Like, when, when the dye job is so bad, it's like... Is that your hair or is that a two? <laughs> it's like, what, what is that kind of stuff? So they're going through all these interviews and he talks about, um, the lo- they're interviewing a lot of the locals too. And they're saying he bought everybody. Like he came in and he paid off, he came into Carmelita, I guess was the name of the town where he stays. Yes. Where his like Carmelita. places. Um, and that, well, let, let, let me finish this thought. And uh, uh, he, he was able to get into the local constabulary police whatever and pay off some guys but they said he couldn't pay off the state police that was local uh, the station nearby sorry uh because none of the guys were from around there so they didn't give a crap yeah who he was uh that so then they kind of showed his quote-unquote compound and it's not what you would expect from an eccentric millionaire no I mean, it was, uh, it had security, it had a rolling uh, uh, security fence. Um, You'd think like a custom-built mansion. This place was not custom-built. Like, this was already existed. Someone just, this was just the He He bought it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a large shack. Right. It it was kind of like he came in, but he didn't want to, it's almost like he didn't want to uh, um, show off his money almost. Yeah, it, it, I mean that's almost what it looked like. Like he he didn't want to he didn't want to throw it in people's faces. It's almost what it looked like. And so he said, like in an interview, he said, "Yeah, I came in to Carmelita. I liked it. And I figured I tried to do something to clean it up." And his claim is that he went and he found off-duty officers who were off-duty and paid the money to find uh, information or procure intelligence. I believe he said. Like he's a fucking CIA guy all of a sudden. Yeah, I, that, I didn't understand that at the time. I didn't understand his logic. And again, like I, I mentioned this one point, it's like typical like psychopath, this guy in his nature. <laughs> right. And like his logic is typically psychopathic right. in that scenario. In the fact that he's like, you know what, he's talking as if everything he's saying makes perfect, absolute sense. Right. And because he has so much confidence yes. in what he's saying makes sense. Yes, 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 yes. The, at first listen, right. both the interviewer and you as an audience listening, right. you go, oh, okay, yes. <laughs> right, right. And it's only when you think back in, you go, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> Everything you just said makes no fucking sense. <laughs> None. No, right. whatsoever. You, okay, I understand the idea. You have a lot of money. You yep. come to a small town. Yep. It's, you know, it's not a very well-off place. Right. And you want to clean it up, make it better. Okay, I get behind that. The LeBron James 
thing. Sure, sure. Uh, okay, you want to clean up the neighbourhood. So, what's the first thing you do? You hire police officers. What? <laughs> Who does that? What's the first thought? Is I'm going to hire some off-duty police officers to uh, give me names and uh, of people and contacts and whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what the hell is that going to do with cleaning the place up? Surely, no. Like, surely you donate money to the school system. Right. You donate money to the local hospital, hospital, right. library. Like you help build the church. But like what? <laughs> what charities? What, yes. what are you talking Look, about? Invest some money. Let's get some uh, solar and wind energy for yeah, people exactly. for free. I wouldn't give any money to the police. The last thought would be the police. I'd be like, fuck those guys. They're fine. I so, need to deal with the police. Right. Like, right. <laughs> Such weird logic. It was, right, it was right. the first thing he did. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and like you said, it was like, <laughs> it didn't occur to me until you just said it now. The way he was talking about it, because in, he doesn't seem like an unhinged guy no. like he's not like phil specter like when you look like this guy's yeah. fucking bonkers you know it's like yeah. this guy's been bonkers for years you know yeah he just like he like a completely utterly rational person talking yeah. discussing like oh it'd be nice to have a chat with this guy because he seems like he's got his like head on his shoulder straight kind of stuff you know and like you said he was just like well you know i decided to hire some off-duty cops like what like, wait, wait what <laughs> Hire off-duty... Co- what? Are you Barnes & Noble? Do you need security at the door? Yeah. Why are you hiring <laughs> off-duty cops? If you ever see those interviews with like mass murderers or like people in prison, these psychopaths, who they say are oh, psychopaths, that's the one thing is like they just make these crazy things sound normal yes. in their confidence. Yes. It's the difference between, yeah, you said the unhinged person who's in the interview and they're like, yeah, man, I was hearing voices and I just snapped <laughs> and I had to just, and I, before I knew it, I had my hands around my neck and did it and like, yeah, oh, I wish I could go back and, uh, and like, that's the your one kind of criminal or, or even a serial killer in that scenario. They're like, yeah, the voices kept telling me to kill and like, whatever. <laughs> right. But then there's the other type, the, the true psychopath, which is literally like, so how did this happen? When was the first time you killed someone? It's like, well, I had this neighbor and they used to make a lot of noise and I told them several times it was very inconvenient for my schedule and it interrupted with me. And one time I brought them round and I was trying to give them my point of view and they weren't listening to me. So I shot them in the head. Um, I immediately regretted it just because I realized that that was a bad thing. There was a lot of mess. <laughs> and it was my, my apartment. And I was my first thought was like, oh, I was planning on meeting someone in an hour. And now there's a dead body. So I just left them there. And I went and did the meeting anyway. I came back. And I was like, oh, like, oh, crap. crap. The and now I'm at the point where like they've, they've started to go off. And the only thing I can do now is cut them up into tiny pieces. And I'll put them in the freezer for now because it will buy me some time. I then went off to school and then I came back. And then before you know it, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> right. It's like, uh, then I realized my, uh, my rug cleaning bill is going to be huge. <laughs> and it was like, oh, it made no sense. I was like, well, I'm not going to be able to clean this myself. So I had to hire a professional cleaner to come in. Right. But I knew that I would have to kill him after I'd done it as well. Exactly. <laughs> it's right. like, wait. Wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. So he has this. That's how he this, usually starts with psychopaths. He does this discussion, and they're interviewing his, um, his like various guys that hire bodyguards. And he says, one of the bodyguards says he gets a call in the morning. He, he, he was on guard duty, and all of a sudden, early in the morning, he hears shouting and whatever. And he's like, what? And in comes this military unit, 42 guys, all masked up, and they're called the GSU, the Gang Suppression Unit. And supposedly, and they're interviewing some guy, and he looks 
very regal in his interview <laughs> and he's talking very much so. We would like to think that the GSU is a group of men that are incorruptible. <laughs> it's like, okay, all right, yeah, yes, yeah. whatever you say, guy, because... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a bit of an oxymoron, both the word men and incorruptible. Yeah, well, right, <laughs> there's that. So these guys come in dressed, you know, with the masks on, uh, uh, come in, and they come in, and, and supposedly uh, McAfee says he got a call uh, at six in the morning, wake up, and all these guys are coming from, sur uh, from surrounding the compound. A couple of his guys who are guards there, they said, like, you don't mess with the GSU. They don't come to negotiate or talk. They tell you to get down, you get down. They're just coming looking for drugs and illegal guns. And, you know, they, they basically said all the guards just were like, all right, there's 42 of these guys. They yeah. said they killed one of his dogs, which I was like, what the fuck did you kill the dog for? What are you, was the dog not on a leash? I, I mean, so anyway, so they arrested McAfee. And they said, they gave him the warrant, and they took him in, and he was like, and I was handcuffed for 14 hours. I was handcuffed for 14 hours, and he was just, like, outraged. Yeah. And, and um, basically, they said that the, the, the guy who was talking about the incorruptible GSU, he said they got intelligence that he was making drugs on his compound. And then you saw pictures of stuff, and he had, like, a lab set up in there. Yeah. He had a coffee roaster set up. He had distillers. He had some shit that I was like, yeah, you could definitely cook some stuff here with that yeah. kind of stuff. And um, so the guy said, when they tested everything, nothing came back positive for any kind of illicit drugs. So they're trying to like bag him on the illegal weapon. And it just occurred to me what I forgot about the girls. Oh, yes. Well, it's, it's, the most important It's nice part. that you get to go back. Yes. I, I, we have to go back because this was actually possibly the best part of the whole interview with the girls. So the first girl who had the daughter says, the interview woman says, so did you ever have intercourse with him? She, oh, no, 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 no. Like, what? He paid you 900 bucks a day to, and you never had sexual intercourse? No, no. What did you do? And he says, well, he used to, he has this hammock and he cut a hole in the hammock. I said, what? Yeah, no, the only thing we ever did with him was scat sex. Like, what? And, and I was like, what? I was kinda like, and Sean was kind of like, what? And we were all just like, what the hell is scat sex? And the girl says, she said, oh, that's when you poop in his mouth. Like, when you poop in his mouth. And I was like, and at first I didn't hear her say his mouth. And I was like, is she talking about just like, Getting it in the like giving him a hammer and then he like finishes in her mouth and then they go to the second girl. He says, No, he puts you on this hammock and he cut a hole under there and he just sit there and then you poop in his mouth. And it literally went from girl to girl then afterwards, and each girl would shit in his mouth, and you're like Wow. I guess McAfee spends a lot of time with German pornography or whatever it is. Yeah. And and but this is my favorite this is and this just occurred to me, the insanity of it. Because I thought he cut a hole in and he would lie under the hammock and swing the girls and do whatever. Yeah. But I guess, uh, you know what, it must be the type of hammock. It just occurred. Because usually when you see hammocks around here and in the stores, yeah. they're rope hammocks. Yeah. There's no reason to cut out a hole. No. So I'm like, wait a minute, what kind of a hammock is it? But I realized it could be a full cloth hammock. Yeah, so yeah. he's had to cut out the hole. So he had these women that he was paying him 900 
oranges a day, something. We just know it was 900. We don't know what the currency is. So they could shit in his mouth. What, what I really like about this as well is, is it's... I mean, there could be two ways here. I feel like it could be either... <laughs> wait a minute. I just, let, me, let me stop that sentence. Let me stop that sentence right there. What I really liked about that sentence was... <laughs> was Sean saying, what I really like about this. <laughs> I'm sorry, there's nothing to like about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you just pulled a whole psycho card on me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I really like about this? <laughs> I went, whoa, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always, I'm, I'm often caught up with the um, the more mundane aspects of, of ridiculous situations, right. the more pedestrian uh, elements. And, and in in this scenario, the right. thing that I find intriguing <laughs> is that like either he would, there would be an arranged time when he'd be like. He'd be like, right, okay, so <laughs> you have your coffee, you have your breakfast, <laughs> like, okay, so... Time we're for like, a 12 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, we're getting about 11.45, you're going to get in the hammock, you'll be about ready, you'll be ready brewed. <laughs> you, you swing for five minutes, maybe work something up, <laughs> and I'll swing by after my yoga <laughs> class is done, and we'll finish up, <laughs> and we'll be back for lunch. <laughs> Better yet, they're like on a hobbit schedule. <laughs> we have breakfast this time for 11 feet. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> it's like that. There's, there's that. Or the, the other alternative is they're just doing whatever. They're just hanging out. They're playing ping pong in the garden. And there's like a code word. <laughs> when she's just like, uh-oh. <laughs> and he's like, huh? She's like, oh, havoc time. And he's like, oh, okay. Gotta go, gotta go. Oh, and like they're in the middle of like... avocado. <laughs> <laughs> they're in the middle of the supermarket, just in the main street. And she's just like, oop, oop. And he's like, okay, quick, we gotta go, we gotta go. I had black bean soup yesterday. <laughs> So yeah, uh, that was. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. I wonder if he kept them on a strict diet so there was consistency in his consumption, <laughs> or it was a su- shocky surprise. Like <laughs> maybe that's half of the joy. It's <laughs> like, me. what are we gonna get? What are we gonna get? It's like, oh, you had shrimp yesterday. <laughs> this is more of a soup than a main. <laughs> <laughs> me okay so yeah so now back to the other portion of the documentary <laughs> i wouldn't want to be that guy's dentist like he oh know. my god <laughs> he's like whoa whoa, whoa. he's a clown like, and, and opens his mouth he's like, like jesus oh, christ you're what an app what the fuck is becoming you're an <laughs> apple like, like what crawled in your mouth and died what <laughs> the hell guy corrosive shit happening what are you <laughs> eating the fuck oh are you having too much coffee? Your teeth are very brown. <laughs> Not quite coffee, Doc. Oh, my goodness. So, anyway, uh, yeah. the, the, the anti-gang unit raids his place. They don't find any drugs. They arrest him. He talks about incessantly about being cuffed for 14 hours. He said the U.S. Embassy had to intervene to not get him arrested. And he said the reason why he got raided was some local politician 
asked him to donate $2 million to their party, and he told him to get the fuck out. Yeah. And supposedly that was just a revenge raid. And I think that's where the documentary ended for us. Yes. Right? I'm not missing anything. No, I'm glad sounds, I thought of the scat because sounds right. I think was... we hit right in the best chunk of the documentary. <laughs> no I fun intended. No. <laughs> the first end is going to be there's this guy, he creates this antivirus. Oh, he gets money, he's going to please. And the end's probably just be like, yeah, and then he left. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, I'm definitely going to go back and watch that documentary again. Yeah, I think so. <sighs> now. Do we do the do we do the normal and like what's going on here? We're gonna do the food and drink first, but is there anything really to decipher? It is kind of a documentary. It's hard to and it was in English, so it's not like we really have to. I yeah, I think it's pretty clear. It's pretty clear what it was. Yeah, it's a yeah. Well, anyway, let's let's do the food and drink. So let's go for food first. You had the chimichanga taco and lunch uh, taco uh, chimichanga and taco lunch combo. Sorry, and I had the chicken burrito. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, okay, yeah, okay. It, um, it was good. It was, it was, it was nice. I think you know, it didn't didn't travel uh, superb. It was a little um, soggy, a little soggy by the time we got to it. You know, because the container and stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I, you know, I could tell that the chimichanga, if it was fresh, would have been really tasty. It was still tasty. It was just right. a little soggy, uh, and my taco again was like very soggy. Um, but again, the filling was 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 tasty. Um, a lot of rice and beans, um, which was nice. It was, yep. you know, it was. A, it was um, it was a cheap place as well. Like that was a lunch special. You got a lot for it. And it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was like eight dollars each. There was a ton of food. Yeah, ton of food. You really can't complain yeah. at that. No, no, no. I no, went no, in no. there. It was very busy for lunch. People in there, so it's obviously quite a popular little place yeah, to yeah, pick yeah. up stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was pretty good for what it was. Okay. And a lot of Mexican places would be very expensive. Like yes, there's a really nice Mexican. It's a chain, but there's a Rosa's Mexican. Rosa Mexicano? Yeah, near the Cheesecake Factory. Oh, God, yeah. I love they're, that place. Their guacamole thing. Is, the oh. guacamole is delicious, but I definitely think they're way too much. It's so expensive. So yeah. expensive there. Yeah, you yeah, come yeah. out and it's like $100 for like... Yeah, for lunch. Yeah, for lunch. Yeah, like, you're too, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's crazy, yeah. So what, what grade would you give your meal? Um, I would give it a, a 7.6, I'd say. 7? We go up to five. Oh. <laughs> God. How many episodes have we done? <laughs> okay, so let's bring that Seven. back. I'm like, what? Uh, that would be, I, I would average it out 3.8. Uh, 3.8. 3.8. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I'm like, what, when did we switch the scale? I'm like, did I miss something? <laughs> um, yeah, I had the chicken burrito, which was nice. Um, it had broccoli in it. Which I wasn't expecting. There was broccoli in it? There was broccoli in it. And I was like, huh, this is weird. <laughs> so I was like, all right, they've got to Americanized at this point. I was like, I didn't realize they even had broccoli in Mexico. Well, <laughs> there was broccoli in it. Not, it's not like it tasted bad. I enjoy broccoli. So I was yeah. like, okay. But I've never had a burrito with broccoli in it before. That's just the weird thing. So that kind of surprised me. But the chicken was nice. The sauces were really nice. The cheese on it was, again, nice. Um... Uh, it had pickled jalapenos in it, so that was kind of gave it a nice little like sour and hot mm. thing going on at the same time. And like you said, tons of beans and rice and and a, a big thing of guacamole and and sour cream and salsa. It was good. It was um, filling, like you said, huge. Good. It's it's not like I would go to that place and say like, oh, I'm not gonna go back there again. 
No. You know, I would I would give that it there was it's one of those there was nothing in it that made me go ugh, and there was nothing no. in it that made me go oh my god this is so good. No, I think it was a it was a perfect lunch place. Yes. The sort of place if you if you work or live local, you're looking for like oh I have to Mexican today. I'm like you know we can pick up this lunch for like eight dollars. You can get a big yeah, old exactly. bag of food. Yeah, exactly. So I would I would give it a three seven mm. a three seven for the burrito. Again, like and I feel a little like we cheat the places a little bit because these these types of foods just don't travel well. And we've talked yeah. about this before. Like, if we were in the place and they like got served hot, whatever, it'd probably be. I could easily get, see giving it a four because it was fresh and like so much of it and and yes. all of that stuff. So traveling it isn't fair. So I mean, there's that to consider when you know if, if we're telling it. Like, I wouldn't tell you not to go there. Yeah, <coughs> it, it's like French fries. When it's like they're awful when they travel. Yeah, no, exactly. And you can't recompare. Like you know, like. You, you could put this for the same cost of like eight dollars, like a whole big plate of food. Yeah, you could spend that at Chipotle. Yeah, and just get a burrito. Right. You know, which yeah. again would be great, tastes great. It's right. Chipotle, they've got it down. Right, right, right. But right, right. it's Chipotle. You're like, yeah, yeah it's a chain, like, whatever. Yeah, right. You know, you're gonna get fucking E. coli from them. Or <laughs> right. Okay. And now for uh, the star of our show, the <sighs> Victory Summer Love Ale, which oh, you know what. When, as you're doing your grade, I'm going to look up the IBUs on this sucker. But I will go first and, and give you my opinion on the beer overall. Um, like I said early at the top of the episode, I wasn't expecting it to be quite as hoppy. I was expecting it to be a little more citrusy, fruity, I guess. Not that being hoppy made it bad at all. Um... It was a good beer, easy to drink, a little bit, a little bit piney again. I don't know why that became, became, all of a sudden it seems to be like that's the thing to do and put pine flavor in there or whatever, but I would give it, you know, I'd give it a three, six. Yeah. Um, I give it a, I give it a three, seven. Okay. I, I liked it. It was a surprise to me as well, but it was a, it was actually more of a pleasant surprise. I was like, oh, okay. It's actually slightly more interesting than I was expecting. Okay. Um, and it's 25 IBU, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's like just over 5%. Yeah. You know, this is, you easily could, you could easily drink three or four of these at a barbecue. Yeah, for sure. You know, be fine. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> so... You got three seven on the beer. I got three six. You got three eight on the food. I got three seven on the food. Hmm. All right. So, like we said, there's nothing really to talk about what's going on here. It's obviously a documentary on crazy John McAfee and how he likes to get crapped in the mouth by a bunch of different women. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna go buy a hammock <laughs> <laughs> and a pair of scissors. <laughs> More no, importantly, no, dude, dude, I'm telling you, get the rope hammock. You'll save yourself so much money. Have you ever tried to have one of those ropes like chafe up your ass when you? But you're not the one taking a dump, oh, you that's guy. That's true. That's true. <laughs> this way, you're getting it almost like a waterfall pattern. You can kind of like ah, it's like being under several taps at the same time. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like yeah. Mm. <laughs> so. <clears throat> Do you want to even bother with what's going on here? Uh, I don't think so. I think there's already enough. 
I, I, I will tell you what's going on okay, here. Okay, okay, okay. The show is called Gringo, The Dangerous Life of John McAfee. Yeah. It is about a <coughs> scat sex school. Ah. Obviously. I mean, it kind of is. <laughs> it kind of is. <laughs> it's not even facetious. <laughs> no. Uh... <laughs> That's what this show is about. It's about employing women to poop in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> It has to be because they put it right in the middle of the documentary. That kind of makes it the focus, doesn't it? Y- yeah, I guess. I, yeah, I yeah. guess so. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. That's, what that's all about. I'm ever going to think about when I see McAfee, ever. <laughs> it's true. If ever it's I'm true. on someone else's computer or someone's with me and we, they see there's McAfee on the computer, I am not not going to bring up the scat sex thing. <laughs> you have to. It's almost an imperative that you have to... Did you realize the guy who wrote this program uh, likes to have women poop in his mouth? It's, it's a conversation piece. I mean, yeah. there's no way it isn't. And what's so great about it is it sounds like it's something you heard on the playground. But actually, like, no, I saw it in a documentary. <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, you and you guys, your locker room talk. No, no, no. Not uh, locker room uh, talk. Uh, Documented, scientifically proven. Yes. <laughs> Corroborated by at least five witnesses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, alrighty, folks. Well, um, he'd that's... probably he'd probably be from from the sounds of you know playground talk. He'd probably uh, have quite a fun evening with uh, the president. Between oh. him and the president, they'd be able to completely clean them out. Fed <laughs> 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 some Russians there. <laughs> you, you, wow. You, you know what? Now we're gonna go back and see if like the president shows up in the documentary at any point. Oh yeah, man, could be. He's a great guy. I love him. Love him. Great guy. He he's is a, great. He's a solid guy, if you know I, what I mean. <laughs> I would have all these wonderful Russian women. They would come up to my room. They would drink champagne. They would stay there for as long as it took for us to uh, finish up. And uh, then I would send them straight down to McAfee. McAfee. And they would finish up with him. And they would leave the Trump McAfee, Hotel. I'll tell you, McAfee loves uh, the beef stroganoff. He loves the beef stroganoff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, folks. Well, that's uh, it for us, episode 43. Thanks for listening. <laughs> and uh, may you live long and prosper is what I would like to tell you all. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, that's good. All right. See you, folks. See ya.